Welcome to Bark's podcast. It's Nikki Tudge and this podcast we are doing things a little differently. We're actually talking to Colleen Ellis from Colleen Rocks and Colleen is a, I would be honored to call her a friend, but she is most certainly a business associate. You will not meet anyone who is more energetic, passionate, non-judgmental, inspirational and a fabulous cheerleader of all and one of the things I talk about during this podcast is that from the very first time I met Colleen I always felt so special and so connected to her and I know that's how she makes everybody feel so join us for this fun podcast about getting future ready and how we can particularly in these difficult times rethink and relook at how we market our businesses so that we stand out and we're different and we have impact. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Colleen Ellis. How are you? Hello, Nikki Tudge. I'm so good. And I have been just dying waiting for this morning with you together. So I'm so excited. I know, I know. I'm just I'm just gonna do a formal introduction for those of you that have not had the pleasure to meet you. Um, Colleen came out here um, in February, I think it was, to do a two-day workshop because I yeah. reached out to her regarding her Two Hearts Pet Loss Center and the fabulous, fabulous courses she does to help pet professionals with companioning and also pet owners. And I'm just going to plug her business before we get going to talk about marketing because the, the workshop we did here that everyone just absolutely raved about is also available as an online course on your Two Hearts Pet Loss website, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't I can't talk highly enough about this two-day program. It was absolutely fabulous. And one of the reasons why I reached out to Colleen to do this webinar with us is because not only is Colleen an absolute expert and an industry innovator in companioning and grief loss, but she's also a fabulous marketeer. And some of the components of that two-day workshop I just felt would be so pertinent to our, our pet professional members. So what we've done is we've taken four of the sort of topics that we covered that were interwoven into that two-day workshop. And we're going we're gonna to talk about them as we move through the next hour. So thank you so much for joining me. Ooh, it's, I, it's such an honor. Yes, yeah. it's so exciting and it's such an honor. And, you know, whether it's the topic of loss and grief or it's the topic of training and or, or it's the topic of being a good pet parent and a good pet care professional, I think you and I are going to have so much fun in the next X amount of time that we're going to be spending together um, and just sharing ideas and and really uh, getting people to think differently. You know, Absolutely. we're we're being forced to do that right now. And Absolutely. so there's no time like the present. Yeah. And I know by the time we finish this, everybody on here is going to feel that they know you personally, because I know from our very first phone calls and email communication, I felt like you were my new best friend. And I was actually talking to somebody about you the other day. And I said to them, I said, you know, I feel a really good connection with Colleen. I just love it to bits. I spent two days with her. We've had lots of conversations, a couple of evenings out. But I have a feeling that Colleen probably makes everybody feel like that. So that sort of diminishes how special I felt. But there you go. That's just because you got. Because I was talking, and then I was talking to Sharon, and she goes, oh, "I love Colleen," and I'm like, "Oh my god, I love 
she makes everybody feel like that so thank you just for being you because you have such uh, an awesome an awesome warm and genuine and non-judgmental personality and i think i think we all need that yeah so, all right so let's, talk about, let's talk about some marketing because i have a strong marketing background that was what i studied my master's degree in and that's what i spent my formative years in hotels doing and when I first started my own dog training business, that was what I, that's what I believed helped me leverage my dog training skills to become a successful business. And it's one of the things that um, I've always wanted to share with other pet professionals, recognizing that everybody comes to their profession. Many of us come to our profession from other careers and bring other skill sets with us. And being a business owner, a small business owner, there's so much to balance between human resource management and financial and then the actual technical side of your job. And marketing is that other layer that a lot of people think they're not doing, but they actually are because they are getting business coming in. But with some small tweaks, yep. they could be doing so much more and be so much more effective. So um, when I thought about setting up these what these marketing webinars to support our membership, your name was obviously there at the very top. So I'm really excited to talk about some of the things that we're going to talk about. So let's mm. let's start, let's talk marketing. So um, I pulled these four things out because I felt that these were the things that wow everyone just really needed to know. And on a, from a selfish perspective, they also set the groundwork for the webinar that I'm doing next week on on marketing so we've got getting future ready honoring your story the experience economy and your five onlys where do you want to start where should we start you know it, it's funny as you were talking Nikki and I was looking at the at the subjects here I'm like man where do you start because they're all they're all woven together mm -hmm. and you know I guess one of the first thing let's do let's let's start here because when you talk about marketing and you talk about telling your story and when your story is your business, your story starts with your why. And mm -hmm. so I think one of the first things I want to talk about is making sure that everybody on here understands your why. And I would love for us to share out either the Simon Sinek video or the Michael Jr. video uh, that I shared at the workshop when we were right. together because it really drives this point when when I when I say the word to you what is your why what I, what I don't what I want you to not do is I want you to not think about what your what is and what your how is what I want you to think about is what your why is and you know when we share out this video it will really pull it together as to as to what that means because in and let me tell you let me give you another example when somebody says to you do you do okay and this is this goes into this marketing thing that Nikki and I just get all excited it's our 30-second elevator speech all right so when somebody says to you what do you do do you tell them that you train dogs do you tell them that you run a doggy daycare do you tell them that you pet sit do I tell people that I cremate animals mm -hmm. that is not what I say because when I say that because that's not what I do. Yeah, that might be that 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 is what I do. I'm sorry, that is what I do, but it's not why I do what I do. When people say, "What do you do?" My answer back to them is, "I help people on the very worst day of loving a precious animal." Yeah. And do you know what they say to me? They go, "Oh my God, tell me more." And mm -hmm. so then I get to tell them about 
the support that I do in walking with a with a broken-hearted, shattered heart pet parent who loved a precious baby. I get to talk about being a, a lifeline. I get to talk about helping them with things to honor the journey. You have that on here, honor the story. I get to help them with things that as, as loving pet parents, they've done everything that they can for this precious love during life. And it doesn't mean they want to stop that when that pet dies. In fact, that's that kind of open thing in our gut right. that says, I don't know you did everything. Right. So yes. for everybody on here, I am going to shake my finger at you. My husband always corrects me. He's like, stop shaking your finger. But but I want you to think about what is your why? If you're a trainer, I, if people say, what do you do? Then you say, I help pets and people come together to form a beautiful life shared together in public. I don't you know. know I just I made say, that. You know, I say I say I am passionate about helping pets become family. Beautiful. At which somebody says, tell me more. Right. That's the whole objective on that, right? You want them to say, tell me more. Because what I want every one of you to do that's listening here is I want you to think about the emotional reason of what you do in your business. Because there is something in there that ties the human and the pet together in that bond. Nikki just said it. I, I help them become a family unit, you know, right. through the, their, their, their uh, manners and all that kind of stuff. Think about why you do what you do, okay? Because now when you go in the marketplace and, and somebody says to you and somebody else like you, what do you do? And you say, I'm a trainer. And they say, I'm a trainer. Well, then how do they know how you stand apart and you're different, okay? Right. I, I wanted to give a couple of nuggets here, Nikki, just to bring this in perspective. Again, I'm in death care, okay? If y'all think you have something tough to sell with what you're doing, I want you to think about what I do, okay? And do you believe that I'm the most popular person at a, at a pet fair or at a, at a picnic? People, people don't like to talk to me. They don't right. like to talk to me. Yeah, everybody wants okay? to. So they want, because they believe I'll cause it. They believe if they talk to me, it will happen. Well, guess yeah. what, you guys? What I do is a win, not an if, okay? And so what Nikki said at the very beginning of her introduction, which, which made me feel so good, because it is something that I, I want to make sure, I want to be approachable. I want people to come up to me and say, help me what to, to know what to do on a bad day. Help me to know what to do on a bad day, okay? So I want to give some nuggets here, because we're talking about marketing, and we're talking about a, a, a tough economy right now. Okay, when I opened the first standalone pet funeral home in the country, yep, the first one in the country, veterinarians didn't know what to do with me. The pet parents said, finally, we need somebody who gives us permission and, and allows us to, to grieve and not be shamed. Finally, somebody that has a safe place that we can go. I was in Indianapolis, Indiana in a, in a town of 1.2 million people. When I opened, there were four people that were performing end-of-life services, okay? In a very short amount of time, there were 12 people. Now, that's just goofy. It's way goofy. It shouldn't have been that many. But people loved what I did, and so they said, I want to go do that, too, because I love that. Right. And so they opened up. But here's, and, and by the way, i got to make another point here because I know we're gonna talk a little bit about price shopping too. Here's the other thing about me. I was the highest priced in town mm -hmm. and I loved it 
earned it and people knew when they came to me that they got value for coming to me. All right. right. So don't right. be bashful about this price. No, don't be yeah. bashful about that. But here, here's what made me feel good. And this for everybody listening on this call to strive for. I had a, a, a beautiful young lady call me one day and she ran a, a very large kitty cat rescue uh, there in Indianapolis. And she was just a sweetheart, just an absolute love. And she called me one day and she said, Colleen, I wanted to let you know, I just heard on the streets, word on the streets, there's another pet crematory that just opened. And bless her heart, I already knew about it because that's what a good business person does, right? You know about your competitive landscape. So I knew about it. And um, I said, oh my gosh, Barb, thank you so much for telling me about it. She goes, well, she goes, I, I, I thought you need to know, but she said, I don't think it really matters to you because Colleen, you're different. You're not like the others, you're different. And I gotta tell you what, that was when I knew it was like, you know what, when people can say, hey, you're not one of the others, you're different, then I knew I was standing out yeah. because I, I did do things differently, okay? Yeah. And, and yeah. I know we need to learn to the next thing, but what I want you to think about for everybody listening right now, I want you to think about the intangible aspects of what you do in your role because intangible is horrible to compete with. It's mm -hmm. easy to compete tangible. I train, I charge this, I have a truck, I have I have these toys, I have this printout, those are all tangibles, you guys. When you talk about intangibles such as, I'm gonna hold your hand along the way, I'm gonna be available at any moment of the day when you need to text me or email me, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna Zoom you so I can watch what's happening and retrain or re-talk about it or whatever. I want you to talk about intangibles. Right. Those are terribly difficult to compete with. Absolutely. And like you and I were saying earlier, and, and I, I'm going to urge anyone on this call to, if you've got a piece of paper and a pen in front of you, the first thing you want to write down on there is why. And after this call, I want you to go with a big piece of paper and sit down and mind map why you do what you do. Because if you can't, if you can't articulate that, you can't market your business. You're going to be marketing based on a whole bunch of platitudes that do not differentiate you from your competitor which is why you will end up always competing on price because that's the only thing that a prospect can differentiate between you and the other 20 or 30 dog trainers that are in your area. So, so point number one that you've really got to understand is why. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, for me, that's always been very easy, whether it was with the dogsmith or Dognostics or PPG, because that was the motivation, that was the passion that made me say, oh my God, do I really need to open another business? By God, I do, because we've got to do this. We've got to be able to make this available. There's, you know, all pet dogs have got to be able to live as family members. They've got to be able to assimilate into their homes. They've got to be able to enjoy the life that my dogs enjoy. So, yeah. but sometimes it's not easy because sometimes it's difficult to take that sort of passion and and sort of, um, and document it, isn't it? it you know, you know, and, and when I interview people on podcasts, I, I always ask people, and I think one of the first questions you ever asked me was, why did you, why, why did you open PPG? Um, because knowing someone's backstory for me is very important in terms of if I want to do business with them as well, because, because often yeah. that why um, 
resonates with values and principles and ethics and you start to get a feel for who somebody really is as a person and where their value system sits so really important yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. and you yeah. know what when you do nikki just said and you mind map that or or you put it into you know just a, a back of the napkin whatever you do okay but what i want to challenge you to do along with what nikki just said is when you talk about the why of what you do, I, I want you to challenge yourself to put down, let's just say 15, just for giggles, okay? 15 things that that are about you and why you do what you do, because I'm gonna guess when you get done looking at it, uh, probably the first six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 of the things that you put down is either a what or a how, all right? Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be silly here for a minute. I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a hamburger joint, just for fun, okay? And yes, hamburger joint, dude. You say, hey, why'd you decide to open another hamburger joint? Good God, we got enough hamburger joints here. And he says, because I love good hamburgers and I know how to make good hamburgers. And I think good hamburgers need to have a variety. And, you know, he goes down and, and finally on number 11, he says, because I, I, my happy place is having a, having a meal with my family. Mm -hmm. All right, man, boom, we landed on it. There yeah. it is. Now our happy place is, is mealtime. It represents family. It represents, do, do you guys just see where I went with the, the intangible? Now, how do you talk about creating a burger joint that's all about mealtime and family time right. and sharing? Yeah. There, there's the heart of it. Now when you come out with that marketing message, man, you drive it home. That's, that's a boom. That's a, just a mic drop boom. And so as you're, as you're doing that, get down to, to 10, 15 reasons, because once you get down to 13, 14, 15, that's going to be the gold nuggets, guys. Gold yeah. nuggets. Isn't it, isn't, so, it, isn't it interesting how that's how our mind works? Even though the why is often the passion and the motivation, the sort of logical area of our brain tends to take over with the what's and how's, and we have to drill down a list before we actually get to the real why, which was a driving factor in the first place. Isn't it strange how that's how our minds work? But you know what? If when you watch the video, the Simon Sinek video, and uh, Nikki, let's share that out when we get yeah. done. When you watch the Simon Sinek video, he says that's how your brain works. The right. easiest is on the outside, which is what? the next layer is the, the next easiest, which is the how. And that's kind of just the example I worked through with you on the burger joint. And at the very center of it is the thing, the thing that drives us. And as you learn in this video from Simon Sinek, and I hate to keep referencing it, but it is 18 minutes of yeah. power, you guys, 18 yeah. minutes. And right in the very center is the gut feel. It's the thing that says, I got to go do it because of this. Right. That's why I got to go do it. Right, absolutely. Well, so moving on, because I think probably the next thing, should we talk about five onlys? Should we sort of go from that and move into the five onlys? And, and why that's Yeah, so because let, let's go with your mind mapping, okay? So once you get done doing Nikki's mind mapping and you're putting down all your, all your uh, information about your why, then the next piece of paper I want you to do is I want you to say, what are the, when, when, with my business or in this business I'm about to start, what are the only things, what are, what are the things that I'm the only one that will be doing them? Okay. Or, 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 or executing this, or it'll be a part of my business offering and my, in my uh, business model. Okay. Now let's talk about this because the, 
the funny example that I give is back in the day when I was in the human funeral business and I would ask human funeral directors, um, you know, tell me what one of your onlys is. And they would say, well, we, we care more, we care more. And I said, well, the guy down the street says the same thing, you know, or we, we do this. And then I said, well, the guy down the street says the same thing. So you really have to find those things that unequivocally, mm-hmm. and I can point to it and it can't be a feeling. It's got to be something that you are the only one that does. Now, let me give you my example back in the beginning. Okay. I was the only one that answered the phone 24 seven. I was the only one that had 130 earned. I was the only one that took a baby into my care in a, in a blanket and in a casket. I was the only one that provided follow-up phone calls for grief support. Pretty specific, right? Because others provided grief support in the forms of birds. So I, I could, that one could be challenged. I didn't want to be challenged. All right. Those were four of mine, just to give you, just to give you very tangible things to look at, but think about those things that you you can't argue with that you are the only one if you're the only one that has x piece of paper that is a resource to help in in your business you're the only one that communicates in this manner you're the only one that has a a a, a reiki person as a part of your team as a part of your 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 partnership i don't know i'm making stuff up you guys but it's got to be stuff that it's Absolutely. And I'm going to build on that. Yeah, let me give you. Let me build on that a minute, because one of the things that I when I used to do some business consulting, I was there's and I don't remember the name of the marketing guru who I learned this from. It was many years ago, but there are basically two tests that you should do with your own list. And the first test is a customer shouldn't shouldn't say, but you should. So here's an example. When dog trainers put on a on a on a flyer licensed and insured, but you should be. Why is that anything to market your services on? Um, educated, but you should be. I mean, these are things that a client's going to go, but you should be. That, that's, that's the obvious. Why are we using obvious should be statements to market our business? Yep. And then exactly. The second, and then the second test is the name test. If you have a piece of marketing collateral or a website and you can scrub out your business name and put your competitor's name there and nothing else changes, then what you are doing is marketing ineffectively. So, That's exactly. so two tests, guys. Number one, don't use for your own list a statement that somebody should somebody would go, really? But you should. It's like the plumber that says, we will fix your water leak. Well, that's why I'm hiring a bloody plumber. Why would you market? Why would you put that in your marketing? Yeah, Ensure exactly. Licensed, yeah. And then again, do that competitive set. And vice versa, go to a competitor's website and cross out their name and put your business name. And if everything remains the same and is accurate, then you're not you're not marketing based on your own list. And when that happens, and we had this conversation earlier and we've had it before, then you just become a, a pint of vanilla ice cream in the same freezer as all the other vanilla ice cream. And then you find yourself only ever talking to clients about price because the only yep. question they can ever ask you is, how much do you charge? Yep, that's exactly right. Now, let me tell you about our world, okay? And Nikki, you know this, you and I came out of corporate. There are two departments that every corporation, and in fact, every solopreneur, there's two departments, even though a solopreneur, you don't believe you have a, you have a department, and it's called R&D, yeah. okay, or yeah. case. 
Now we yeah. all believe we know what R and D is, right? Well, it's not. It's rip off and duplicate. It's rip off and duplicate. So, yeah. in, in case our case department is copy and steal everything, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So just about when you kind of settle in and you're like, oh, I've arrived. I have my five onlys. They're strong. They're solid. Boom! I'm in the marketplace. Guess what's going to happen, kids? Guess what's going to happen? Somebody in the marketplace is going to go, you know that thing that that Nikki Tudge girl does? That's really cool. So I'm going to do it too. I'm going to do it because that's how our world works. And we've yeah. all heard the term that imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. All right, whatever. Don't agree with it, but it is. It's how, how we work. So when you come up with your five onlys, here's what I'm going to challenge you to. You need to come up with 10 because somebody's grown and you're going to have to go to your bucket. And you're gonna have to pull another one out and you're gonna have to go it's all right i'm ready to backfill with another one i got it you guys this is number one on this topic cover right here that nikki wants to cover is getting future ready knowing that you've got a backfill and only because somebody's going to copy you and it's no longer your only knowing you've got to backfill that you've got to have 10 onlys and you got to get yourself future ready so that you can continue to stay different you can continue to stay relevant and you can continue to stay ahead of the pack. And right. that is, that's how you're going to do that stuff. And you've got to be ready to spout those onlys. Now, Nikki, Nikki mentioned going to somebody's website. Guess what I do, kids? Guess what I do? And I love it. It's so darn fun. I secret shop all my competitors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I start succeeding my phone and I call them and I ask the questions. Okay. See how they answer your questions. See how they handle what you're trying to get to know. See if when, and let, let me give you an example on the phones, okay? And Nikki, I know we're going to dig into a little more on, on price shopping, but I had a young lady call me one day and she asked me the same question, believe it or not, and I'm talking about death, you guys, okay? She asked me the same question she asked you. She called me and she said, how much is that cremation today? Okay, that's what she asked me. And you know why she asked me that? Because she didn't know what else to ask me. Just right. like when they call you. I don't know what else to ask you. I don't know how to start the conversation. So for me to ask you about price is a very safe question that I know how to ask. Okay, so the first thing, and I do this with all of the folks that I train, the first thing I want you to do is reframe in your head this fact that price shopping is evil. It's not evil. I want you to reframe it in your head that every phone call that comes in is education shopping or information shopping. It's just that the only question they know how to ask is a break. You got to give them a break. They don't know what else to ask you. So anyway, let's go back to the young lady. She calls me, she wants to know about, you know, my, my prices for, for her doggy coming up. And so the first thing that I do, and I hope you're doing this, the first thing that I do is I say, who's calling and who are you calling me about? Okay. And, and so I got the information. I dug into what was going on with Zeus, her precious pit bull. I knew that Zeus got her into pit bull rescue. I knew that Zeus was her child. She didn't do skin children, a little bit like me. I don't do skin children either. So she just did fur kids. So she had this fur kid and she was worried. It was coming up and this was her soul bed, right? Her soul heart. And so I did a beautiful job and handled all of our questions. And, and by the way, she told me in the very beginning 
she told me that she was going to call everybody else and get their prices too. And I needed to know that, you know, and she was pretty adamant. And so I got done. I got all the information. I gave her information that fit her situation. Yeah. Did you see that? I said, here, let me give you on how I can help you based on your situation. Okay. Cause everybody wants to be unique. And so I helped her. And then as I was answering her questions, I, and I got to the end, I said to her, I said, um, I said, Monica, I said, I believe you told me you were going to call everybody else in town and check on their prices. Correct. And she said, yes, I am. And I said, then let me make sure I give you the questions to ask. And I'm so glad I already set this up because I already told you guys I was seven. Right. And so I said, make sure when you ask them if they're 24 seven, I know you're really worried if he dies in the middle of the night. Make sure you ask them about how many urns that they have, because I know you're really adamant about getting a variety of things for Zeus as well for as for your nieces and nephews. Make sure you ask them if you you know, a final goodbye and have a service, because I know that's important to you. Do you know what? I already knew the answers to those questions because they were my onlys. And so what I did is I set every other phone call for failure. I set them up for failure. But here's what was interesting. And let this be a lesson to all of us. When when Monica called me back and I and I was awarded the honor of helping her with her precious, beautiful Zeus, I asked her because I was so proud and I was so smug, right? And and I knew I was the highest person in town. I knew that already. And I said, Monica, please share with me why I was awarded the honor of helping you with Zeus. And you know what she said? She said, Colleen, you know what? Everybody else I called didn't even ask my name or his name. They said, can um, she called? She said the same thing to them that she said to me, I'm calling about price. And they immediately said, how much does he weigh? And here's what the price is. Awful, awful. Well, let's let's drill down a bit on that because, and I'm just gonna go back to the future ready because I think, and I, here's an example of me. When I first started the dogsmith in 2005 or whenever it was, Rick and I sat down, we took a whole evening away from phones, away from the TV, and we sat down and said, why, why do we want to do this? What are we doing and how are we going to do it? And we made sure that we had pages of this stuff mapped out because I knew from writing marketing plans for multi-million dollar corporations that every year that's what you should be doing. We scanned our competitive landscape. We looked at what was going on in the marketplace. We, we identified where we were different and we felt really good. So I did that and I did that every year. And then you stop doing it because you, you become very content. And when this pandemic hit, I, I thought, okay, what can we provide our members? What do they need? What are they gonna need? And I thought, you know what? We need to sort of go back to some marketing basics. And I went and pulled out all my programs and my courses and I went back to my old webinars. And I thought, my God, how I have not even looked at this stuff for five years because you become so, so comfortable so I used to drill in with all our dogsmiths. Every year you've got to reanalyze your what's going on from a political standpoint, from a licensing standpoint, from a competitor standpoint. You've got to always have your fingertips in the marketing environment. And I no longer do that myself. So I got really excited about sort of rejuvenating all that knowledge, which is why I want to do the webinar next week. But what that brings me to is that it's all very well when you start a business or in a pandemic, but we should be doing this every five or six months. We should be looking at, and here's an example. 
When PPG started, we were the only organization that committed to a free member webinar every month. That was one of our onlys. Now they all, now everybody does it. Absolutely. We were the only one that had guiding principles. Three years later, all the other organizations came out with theirs. So, you know, it goes back to um, imitation. You and, and, if, and if we don't continually assess what we're doing, we're gonna find we're actually looking at their backside, not looking over our shoulder, because right. not only will they have copied, but they'll also have progressed ahead. So yeah. I urge all of you, yes, do it now for the pandemic, but make a note that you've got to not only be future ready, you've got to stay future ready. You've got to be continually looking at what's going on and how many dog trainers have got service products that have a name and they have a what, and you haven't looked at them for five years. You're just doing the same old stuff. Well, you know what people, customers needs are changing. They've changed. We need to be identifying. Yep, exactly. Yep, and uh, Nikki, I totally agree with you. And I say this all the time and for the, we've got an amazing group sitting on here today. I can tell with just a ton of people Kudos to you for taking a little bit, even if it's just this time that, that Nikki and I are chatting with you today, that you have stood tall to work on your business versus in your business for a little bit. And, and I encourage you, whether it's daily, and, and I tell you what, no apologies from this girl. I make appointments with myself yeah, that either to work out. I do that too. Right? You yeah. have to. Yeah. You have I, to make an appointment with yourself. Nikki and work I out. And nothing encroaches on it. And that's my thinking, creative, reassessing, reevaluating time. Because if you don't allocate time for it, you just don't get it done. No, you don't. Or the other thing you do, and and I used to do this, that people would say, Hey, can you meet at you know 6:30 in the morning? And I go, Yeah, I'm sorry, that's my workout time. And I'm like, why am I apologizing for that? That's dumb. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm like, you know what? I've already got an appointment at 6.30 in the morning. I can meet with you at 5.30 in the morning if you'd like to, which totally works for me. You know, so I'm like, I'm not going to apologize. You've got to make that appointment. If you're in the field, pull yourself out of the field for a day and yeah. say, today is an appointment for me. We've got meetings all day with me <laughs> or, or uh, Rick. I've got my Chris. You know, yeah. who? how are you going to stand and get yourself future ready. Here's the other thing I want to throw out on future ready, and, and especially this world that we've been thrust into right now. And and I get I get hung up on this too as a solopreneur. As a solopreneur, you believe you do it by yourself, all right? And that's not true because there's so many other folks out there within our space who too are trying to reinvent themselves. And right. so let's just say if we put a trainer on here, folks, you've got technology. So you can be doing tra Zoom training sessions. You can be doing Zoom evaluation sessions. It's about you even do what Nikki and I are doing and you pull in a nutritionist. You yeah. pull in a Reiki professional. You pull in an end of life professional. You pull in a groomer on how to help these dogs now that they're at home. And you co-brand. You yeah. co-brand. How cool is that? I, you know, know, I, yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I'm a massive believer in helping lift others because I honestly believe it comes back at you. I really, truly believe that. And I, yeah. and I, I look at the success that I've had with multiple different types of businesses and I think it plays out for itself that when you do, there is enough room in the marketplace for everybody and we are not experts at everything and we need to affiliate and partner with those that complement what we're doing and share the same values.
And yes. like you just said, I mean, what a perfect service right now as one of the things in marketing is about keeping your clients close, keeping that connection. Mm -hmm. What a great way of every two weeks doing a free Zoom for all your client base and they can just jump on from home and listen to how to bathe your dog or how to remove a mat or how to do a massage or how to teach a sit or great educational right. marketing. And it's got, and you're going to get the benefits from it in three, six, nine, twelve months as new prospects move through that educational curve. Okay, so let's talk about that, Nick. Let's talk about working smart, all right? Because there's a difference in working smart and working hard. And I don't know if if everybody who's on here right now, if what's going on in your area is the same thing going on in mine. But my shelters are getting emptied out here, and I know in my neighborhood alone the amount of new puppies that have come home during this, this stay at home orders that we have. Well, think about that. I watched this pup right next door and her little two month, two and a half month old heart. She's a hot mess on that leash. She's yeah. a hot mess on that leash. Yeah. And, I, and I look at that little thing and I'm like, man, how cool would that have been for your shelter to have said, let me tell you, I got a Nikki Tudge and she's an amazing, amazing trainer doing it virtually. And yeah. since you're you're quarantined at home right now and you've got time, why wouldn't you go out and watch a video training session or have a, a, a you know subscription to a to a one month training session that you and your entire family get to participate in together? You got a captive audience right now. You've got a totally captive audience right now. Use it. And here's the other thing that I think is so flipping cool right now. I listened to a webinar the other day, as you can tell, I'm a, a freak on that, and it's a Simon Sinek webinar, and I'm a double freak when it comes to Simon Sinek. But, but the comment that he made was, he said, listen, the things that were unacceptable in February in our world are now totally acceptable. And yeah. he talked a lot about virtual. He said, we, we were not as open to virtual meetings or virtual conferences or virtual telehealth or virtual anything in February. And today we're like, hey, it's it, in a very short amount of time, it's become a new way of life. Oh, I mean, Don't let's realize on it, you guys. Let's use oh. veterinarians as an example. And I, and I noticed Pam Schultz is on the call today, and you know Pam, she was at the workshop. But let's use veterinarians as an example. I cannot imagine my veterinarian two months ago and even contemplating the idea of doing a remote consultation and prescription. And yep. within a week of the pandemic, an email comes out this is what a new service we're offering, this is great, this is blah, blah, blah. So, um, it, yeah, and it, you have to be flexible and you have to be prepared to embrace the change. And I, I see yeah. two types of people. I see the type of person that says, got to get it done, get it dead. We've got to just look at this new world we're operating in. It's a new business environment. There are new expectations. How can I assimilate into that to survive? and to grow you don't have to just talk about surviving and then i see other people that all they're doing is criticizing those that are innovating and moving and there these people may not be here at the end of this cycle um this, this is sort of the this is like evolution isn't it that some people are going to be shaken out they're not going to be there so well, you don't agree with everything yeah. but you have to embrace the fact that you have to do something different Yes, exactly. And you know what? I'm going to do a little self-disclosure here. I just wrote a blog on this and it said, you know, shame on me because I really think I'm sitting here waiting on us to hit play again. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we've, we're on, we're on pause right now and to hit play, it's not going to be, it's not, we're not going to be playing the same soundtrack 
as yeah. when we left in February. You know, I, I hope I probably just aged myself there, but I don't care. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're just not going to be playing in the same soundtrack. It's going to be a different soundtrack. It's right. going to be a different world. This this new normal that's going on right now. I, you know, the social distancing and all that stuff. Um, we probably don't need to go there, but that you know, some of those things as far as business nuggets, mm -hmm. don't let them right now make them a right. part of when we hit play again yeah. make that be to be a part of your new normal or the the normal that's going to happen then because it, it's another option right okay exactly. you're, exactly. you're still going to have those people and and i think you know for training and stuff like that yeah you still got to be hands-on or for me i'm I, 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 to be with a family and not to be distanced, that's just not normal. It's just not normal, okay? But there's going to be elements of that, whether it's from a working smart perspective or it's from a, hey, you know what? Because I'm a busy girl, I'm traveling all the time, and so for you and I to be able to do something virtually, that works way better into my business, number one, in my life. And you, guess what? Let me give you this other thing I'm going to put out there. I'm willing to pay for it. I'm completely willing to pay for it. Yeah. Charge me. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I, I've spoken to lots of dog trainers in the last few weeks, and I was on a conference call a couple of weeks ago, and the first person that logged in, I said, you know, how, how's it going? What are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm not really been, not able to do anything. I'm just not, I'm not really into this virtual training. And I said, oh, I think it's, I think it's fabulous. I mean, Louise and I have been training virtually since 2009, and, you know, training dog trainers how to train, which is a, a mechanical skill. So therefore, if with skills, we can teach pet owners how to train. It's a physical skill. And then the next person jumped on the call, and they were listening in the background, and they started laughing and they said, I'm not changing my business model back. They said, um, I have done, I've, I've now got five virtual group sessions going a week. My clients love it. He said, it's fabulous. They love, there's no distractions. They're training in the home where the training will take place. I'm able to give them individual attention while other people practice. Um, nobody has to travel. No one's rushing home from work and then getting changed and rushing out to a training field. And I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? You've got two, two dog trainers who have come at this from an entirely different perspective. And this individual said to me, this is probably how I'm going to structure my business going forward because the feedback I'm getting from my clients is overwhelmingly they're getting better results, they're enjoying it more, and the dogs are less stressed. So. You know, Nick, I'm going to, I, I want to jump on that one because the other part that I see on this and, you know, I, I got two points here and then I'll connect the dots. You know, I've got a, a pet nutritionist who is on my care team for my animals and myself. And anytime I go to the vet, Jody is the first one that gets the reports and then she adjusts the diets and she adjusts the menus and she adjusts. And you know what? Sometimes I talk to her and sometimes I don't. I, I merely email them to her. She does her analysis and she sends it back. And guess right. what else she does? She urges me for it. And guess what else I do? I pay because I love it. Okay. So let's go to the next thing. And obviously I'm very involved with end of life. I'm also very involved with pet hospice. And, and when I hear you say what you were just saying, Nikki, about the, the ease of this, being able to get into my life, for instance, for, for, an ex for the entire life cycle of my pet is much easier when it's virtual because I don't have time for, for, for the training, you know, at, at, on an extended basis. But here's what I do have time for. 
I'd have time to have you in, as a member of my care team because as my babies get older, what I need you to help me with as a trainer is to say, okay, well, listen, now I notice that he's having a little trouble walking. Show me your house again. Remind me of your house. And so now we do a house tour and you're like, going to need to get some rugs. Okay, or we're going to need to get some things on the little pads because those are causing a problem. And I notice when he does this, that this is, so now you get to be a life cycle of a pet versus, and I don't, I, I'm going to guess I'm a little true on this, whether it's a puppy or it's a brand new dog, we have our six, eight week training session and then we believe we're done, right? He's trained. He's done. I don't, well, I don't need yeah, to. It's, it's like a starting point and then most dogs will then go on to doing sort of a, because a lot of training like with children is very age appropriate. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah, exactly. a lot of trainers see a puppy, see a teenage dog, and then don't ever see it again. Exactly. And now, cross-selling. Exactly. And now this gives you a relevant reason to reach back out to me again and say, hey, I noticed he's six and he's a great Dane. Let's take a look at what's going on and how he's doing with, yeah. with everything around the house. Or as a trainer, okay, now he's... 12 and he's a Labrador and he's not going to be chasing the balls more than likely like he used to. So now we need to talk about mental stimulation. Right. Guide me on that. Yeah. What, what can I do to keep him sharp and, and still be doing that? And then, and then next week I see you're having, I'm making this up. I see you're having a webinar and I get to talk about elder pet nutrition. You know, the things I need, supplements, whatever it is. Now, yeah. now you've got relevance to, to stay connected forever absolutely yeah absolutely yeah i mean these are all i hope everyone's getting some benefit from this i mean please give us some feedback guys and if anyone's got any questions and wants to sort of redirect the conversation or you've got something in specifically you want to ask please go ahead and do that um talk, talk to me about the experience economy explain to us what you mean by that and how that sort of plays into marketing you know, and we've kind of been dripping on it throughout this this entire session that we've had here, here together. And the the progression of the economies that we've lived in in our world have started with, back in the early 1900s, it was about product. Okay, you had to have a good product. And then it went into manufacturing. You know, you needed to be able to manufacture efficiently and effectively. Okay, then we progressed through, a, you know, a couple others. And... And for the 90s, it was the service economy. You know, the buzzwords then were you got to give good service. People want yeah. good service. You know, yeah. and training sessions on good service. What does good service mean? And and now we're in this good experience economy. And there there is a beautiful book for my readers that are out there. Experience economy. Get the one with the movie tickets on the front because it's the best and it's the most updated. And the authors are Pine and Gilmore. Okay, so the experience economy. Is places like Disney World. You know, Disney World is an experience. It's a language all of its own. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a. There's, there's other theme parks out there, but there's no experience like Disney World, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Starbucks. Starbucks is fully in the experience economy. You can go anywhere and get a cup of coffee. You can drive there and get a cup of coffee. But Starbucks, they're the smells. They're the the soft music in the in the you know in the colder areas they've got fireplaces so it's this whole experience of paying five bucks for a freaking yeah. cup of coffee for god's yeah. sake 
Yeah. But it's the experience of going there. You got all the cool kids with their cool Macs and they're all sitting there and they're, you know, got their beanies on and they're and they're rocking out there. And it just is a really cool vibe, right? You've got Rainforest Cafe, another experience economy. You got Buca de Peppa. Buca de Peppa is all about an Italian family meal, you know? And so yes. the experience economy and, and right now Nick you you know this too that you know every in 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 corporations out there right now they've got their c-suite right their COO their CEO their CMO their CFO their CI they can go to c-suite right the, the the new dude the new dude that's into the game and the c-suite is the CXO the client experience officer yeah and yeah. this is the guy yeah. that's saying you want an experience they want an experience. And, and the reason that I was able to be the highest priced in, in Indianapolis when I started that facility, it, and I wasn't the highest priced by a little bit, I was the highest priced by 300%. I was 300% higher than everybody else. But, but the, the feedback I heard from people was, it was just how you made us feel. Okay, now that, that points right at the experience economy. Okay, it wasn't because I did nice before. It wasn't because I looked great. It wasn't because I had cute hair. It was because I I made them feel good. I, right. I validated their feelings. I gave them permission to do what they needed to do in an area that they didn't know what they didn't know. And it was the experience that they were willing to pay for. And so as we think about our trainers, you're not just training. You're, you're doing what you said. You're making a pet a part of a family. You're, right. you're making be a, a, a well-trained, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm, I don't even want to botch that now with an idea. It's about the experience of being a, a good pet parent. And, and for, for us pet parents, you guys, when, when I'm doing everything I can for my pet, in my eyes, it reflects back to me as a person, back on me as a person. It says that I'm I'm being a responsible, responsible person. And so I want to do everything. I need you to make it easy for me to work with you. And, and I didn't say least expensive. In fact, whenever I see anything on the internet about we're the least expensive, guess what? I don't call them because I believe you, you get what you pay for. Absolutely. And I'm out. I'm not Absolutely. doing that. Absolutely. So let's go back to that pricing issue, because I think it's something that everybody always feels um, very, um, people don't like to talk about price. Well, if, when a, when a call, when a, I mean, first of all, when a client calls me and I, I know, and I, I don't script anymore, but when I first started, I would script because you have to have a reference point. You don't want to get halfway through a conversation and go, oh, shit, I never asked them their name because then suddenly you yeah. lose the connection and you can't call them back and say, Oh, you know, Oozy Majig. Um, so it would sort of say, ask for the client's name, ask for the pet's name, you know, and then and then sort of drill down to the information that will help you qualify them. Are you looking to buy now? Are you looking to buy in the future? What, what's what's your problem? What sort of solution are you looking for? How do you once you've done all of that and you've established who the client is and what they are and what they're looking for, how do you then present that pricing so somebody goes, I have got to do business with you. I would be a complete fool not to do business with you rather than mm -hmm. Ouch, you're more expensive than the three other people I've already called. Beautiful. Let's talk about that. Okay, so you've you've drilled down, you've got the answers to the questions, and I know I'm talking to Nikki and I know I'm talking about I know I'm talking about Daisy, and, and so we get down to the very end, okay? 
and and she Nikki's told me everything. She's told me that you know the issues that she's dealing with because those are the first questions. Who am I talking to? Who are you calling me about? Tell me what's going on with with her right now, okay? Right. Um, I'll take my little tell me what's going on with Beulah right now. Did you just get her? Has she been in your home for a while? And I would, and I asked, did you just get her? And that was kind of a foul on my part. It should have been, when did you get her? Because I'm all about asking open-ended questions, not yes, no questions. Yeah. The caller in the, in the habit of saying no. Okay, did you just get her? No. She having issues right now? No. Um, you, you looking for something right now? No. Okay, well now we're, now they're ready to say no. So I, I just set myself up for a problem, okay? So the questions are open-ended and they are, uh, you know, tell me when she came into your home, what, what are you seeing right now that maybe concerns you? Um, all the information, okay? Now we, all, we also know our, our onlys, okay? And let's just for fun, let's just say our onlys are uh, Zoom training and our onlys are co-branding with other pet people in the pet space and we've got some others, okay? And so now it's time for us to give a price, okay? So you know what, Ms. Todd, you called me and you need you need pricing, and so I want to give that to you. Let's just review. Um, by the way, it sounds like you, even though you are quarantined at home, it sounds like you are still very busy, and so we do Zoom meetings and Zoom training and Zoom checkup. I've also got a couple other people that I do um, work with that can help you now with this this new puppy in your home, from nutrition to um, blah 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 blah. Okay. And given, uh, you know, your, how often you need this and, and what you're seeing with her, um, you know, where she's at in her development level and this and, you know, whatever. I don't know what all is involved in pricing, but you're pulling all that stuff out. And yeah. what I'm doing right now is I'm giving everything included in our package. Right. And the price for your situation, uh, uh, Ms. Tudge, is going to be $325. Okay. Okay. So I gave everything. Thing that we're going to do and then I gave the price right okay now Nikki comes back to me and she says oh my goodness wow that was uh, that was way more expensive than uh, than what I was anticipating the next question that I would ask I would say what what did you believe it would be mm -hmm. well I called somebody else and they were two hundred dollars okay now you need to be on your game because if I know that they called that they called Bob's training place, but I know Bob doesn't do this, this, and this, I don't say, please know that Bob doesn't do this, this, and this. I say, let me reiterate some of the things that are the only things that we do. And that is uh, the Zoom training and the Zoom evaluation and the Zoom this, and then I'll text you at any time. I, I didn't throw Bob under the bus. I reiterated what we do. Right. Because I don't ever want to sell again. I want to sell four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If Nikki still said that's still a little bit much, uh, then if you can, the next thing that I do is I say, let me go over everything that was in the price that I just quoted to you, and you tell me what you might not need. Right. Right. Because generally the answer you come back to me is, well, I need all that, and then I say. I'm, I'm, I can tell you the value that you're going to get for the $325. I can tell you the value that you're going to get is going to be off the charts. And I would love for you to be able to talk to other folks that I've worked with who felt the same way you did. Right. Would you mind if I connected you with them? So you are very happy and very Don't. comfortable to refer them to past, past or present clients. Yeah. Without a doubt. 
with and I have make sure you've got your evangelist lined up because you need your evangelists that say, hey, listen, yeah, yeah send them over. You're having yeah. that promoters. Or yeah. refer them to your Facebook page or refer them to your website. You know, if you go on my website, there's a guy named Ross and he felt the same way you did. And yeah. um, you know, go see what he had to say. Yeah. You, you gotta tell your story. You've got to tell your story. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow, we've been on for almost an hour. Time always flies when I chat with you. Which, yeah, oh, unbelievable. So let, let's just do a recap. So we talked about getting future ready, and um, I'm just going to go back to this little these little bullet points because I really want people to sort of leave this with something actionable that they need to do. So the first thing we said is spend some time and really be able to sort of get down in writing what your why is. And then, as Colleen said, for giggles, let's talk about 15 reasons. And you'll yeah. drill down and, and you'll find the first few are your what's and how's. And when you get to the very bottom, the real gems will start to come out and you'll go, okay, that's the real why. Um, then you can develop your list of your onlys and make sure that your onlys truly are your onlys. And in terms of getting future ready, while you're doing this, I would suggest that you go to your calendar and in three months you plan a day to reevaluate all of this, particularly now yeah. that we're making significant changes with some of our business models. Um, and then the and then the other thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest you guys do, and if you're joining me on my webinar next week, I want you to come prepared with a piece of collateral, a website, or something that you have paid to have to develop or created, because we're gonna be doing some sort of litmus test in terms of how effective they are. But I want you to make sure that those onlys pass the two tests. They pass the but you should be test, and they also pass mm -hmm. the insert a name test, meaning that if you were to insert your competitor's name, they would not still be valid because if they are, they are not your, your own Liz. What, what only. else have we talked about? What other things can we um, sort of ask these guys to do as part of this exercise about getting future ready and sort of re-looking at what they're doing? And then we can go on to some questions. So the other thing, and I just pulled this up while we were talking, because I want to talk about this. As, as Nikki said, go back and see what you need to do and schedule a time for yourself in the next three months to kind of reevaluate. The other thing that I want to make sure you're doing is you're bumping everything up with SMART goals, okay? Because you're going to have to have something that says that it worked or it didn't work, and it can't be because of how you feel, okay? Yeah. So a SMART goal is specific. It's got to be a specific goal. In the next three months, I want to gain four new customers by implementing this. Okay, so it's got to be specific. It's got to be measurable. Four. I want to gain four new clients. It's got to be attainable. Right. If I said I want to gain 30 new clients, yeah, come on, that was probably a reach. Let's yeah. get let's get down and get reach. Yeah. Okay, it's got to be relevant to your business. It can't be. Hey, listen, in the next three months, I want to. Uh, random it's just got to be relevant and then it's yeah. got to be time-based so mm -hmm. in the next three months I'm going to gain three new clients four new clients because I've installed this into my business model and I needed to add another thousand dollars of revenue to my bottom line okay right. all of that is time-based so that when you go back and relevant and measurable and specific and three months from now if you look at it and you go boom I got it Okay, well now how do you how do you add to it so that the next three months we're growing again to mm -hmm. just if, if you treasure it, measure it. 
You've yeah. got to put a goal down. You've got to make it specific. You've got to put something down. Or it's just, it's the, I say this all the time, Nikki, it's the Alice in Wonderland theory. If right. you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter what road you're taking. Yeah, and hope's not a plan. Hope is not a plan. Hope is not a strategy. Yeah, and I'm going to add to that because I one of the reasons why I like doing specific measurable goals is, first of all, when you set your goal, if you say to yourself, and let's say that the output of the goal is that you want to increase your bottom line by $10,000. So you say, well, how can I do that? Well, I'm going to implement a new service. Okay, what, what's that service going to be? Well, who's my target market? How many of them can I sell? How much can I sell them for? So if you can sell four a week for $100 each, which is $400 a week, which is what, $1,600 a month, then my God, you are gonna reach your outcome goal of 10,000 because four times 100 times by 52 is significantly more, so it's realistic. Yeah. But most yeah. importantly, most importantly, guys, you can celebrate, you can celebrate your success, you can have fun with it, and you can give yourself a massive piece of positive reinforcement. So I always say, if you have a goal, incentivize yourself. If I achieve this goal, I'm gonna spend the day, I'm gonna to go to the spa and spend 200 bucks at the spa. And if you achieve your goal, take the time to do it. So celebrate it and reward yourself because we all know that reinforced behavior is more likely to be repeated. So let's apply some of that behavior science to what we're actually doing. And then the other thing I'm gonna suggest is that it's all very well having an outcome goal, saying that my outcome goal is I want to put $10,000 on my bottom line. But I'm gonna also challenge you, what behavior change goals do you need to put in place to make sure that happens? Because a behavior yep. change goal might, might be as simple as, I'm gonna allocate two hours every Monday to work on my goals, because if you don't make that behavior change, those the outcome goals are never going to happen so don't just look at outcome goals look at behavior changes and just do tiny things at a time because we all know how hard it is to reinforce or to re-implement new habits yep yep, yep. and you know what i'm going to add on to that one early bird gets the worm okay Absolutely. man i tell you what i i had i had a guy one day right after i had opened that business death, all right so death doesn't know eight to five I'm 24 seven for the first two years. I, I, I did not come off of the phones for the first 20, for the first two years, 24 hours a day for two years. Was I exhausted? I can't even begin to tell you how exhausted, but at the end of the day, it, it was, it was the elbow grease and it was the, it was the sacrifice that I needed to make to make that business work. All right. So I'm a few months into opening that business. And um, a guy said to me one day, he said, how many salespeople work for you? And, and I'm internally dying laughing because I'm like, do you absolutely see how much eye makeup I have on to cover up the bags under my eyes? I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I looked at him with a smile on my face and I said, why do you ask me that question? And he said, because every time I turn around, I see your material somewhere. Right. And he said, right. you must just have a ton of people and I said dude it's me because let me tell you what I knew I knew I had to be I knew I had to be different to get my message out so guess what I love getting up at five o'clock anyway so at six o'clock I was out making sales calls on the emergency clinics and the clinics that were opening early because nobody else was making a sales call at right. six o'clock right. when everybody else was taking lunch to the clinics I took dinner at midnight because right. nobody else was taking dinner at midnight so guess what I stood out I completely yeah. stood out. And so I love it when I see people 
and, and I tell you, the other time I used it, and I, it, it, this was in the Midwest, I loved a good snowstorm because everybody else liked to stay home and cuddle up. And guess what? I took that old four-wheel drive out, and I went out and made sales calls because everybody else was at home. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you have to get creative, don't you? If you want to be the best and you want to get, you want to survive, absolutely, grow, absolutely. All right, well, I've got, I've got a question here from Cynthia. And Cynthia says, um, and I'll, I'll start off answering this one, and if you've got anything to add. She says, where does one start? This is a question I've heard from lots of people. And I am going to plug diagnostics here, and, I, and I'll, I'll connect this in just a minute. Where does one start for help when going virtual, when you're not super tech savvy? I think there's two components to this. It's probably three components, actually. I think component number one is knowing how to use some type of platform like GoToWebinar, GoToMeeting, Zoom, etc., as the medium that you're going to use to deliver those virtual services. I think the second mm -hmm. component, and Dognostics has just rolled out three of these for $35 each, has rolled out the visual PowerPoint presentations for three different sets of curriculum so that you guys don't have to do it. Doesn't teach you how to do the training, but it takes you through all the visual aids that you need and the curriculum roadmap and guide for delivering um, virtual training. And then I think the third component is about being able to take yourself through that discomfort and that change curve. And I think the only way mm -hmm. you're going to do that is by, is by putting one foot in front of the other and practicing. And um, I have committed in the next couple of weeks to actually doing this for PPG members, for getting PPG members onto this, this software and swapping people out so that they can be the presenter, they can navigate the console, they can make, mistake, make mistakes and screw up and we'll all drink our yeah. gin and tonics and have a good old laugh with you so that you actually feel comfortable um, learning in a non-judgmental sort of no-risk environment. So Cynthia, I think it's I think yeah. there's three I think there's three components. It's number one, looking at what you're delivering now and what you need to do to make sure that they are appropriate for virtual. Number two, deciding what service or platform you want to use, and then number three, practicing. So you've already got your services, you've got those. If you need to supplement those, look at diagnostics. In terms of the platforms, we have done two webinars, three webinars in the last two weeks, one with Kate Lasala and one with Michelle, which was yesterday, that specifically speak to those platforms and their pros and cons and how you can get onto a virtual platform. And the third piece of that puzzle will be, and I'm writing it down right now, I'm going to commit to doing it within half an hour after this meeting, I will go ahead and get two of those sessions set up so that anybody that wants to can jump on and have a play with the software, okay? So I don't know if there's anything you want to throw into that. You know, there is. Cynthia, I, I can tell you I relate with you a lot, okay? But here's what I did learn about me. Now, let me remind you, a few years ago, I got my phone taken away from me because I volunteered to twit something out on Twitter, and I was promptly reminded we don't twit on Twitter. So that let me just tell you, that's where I've come from. But I, I let me tell you something that is so cool right now. Number one, literally, there's nothing you can't learn on YouTube. It's all on YouTube. And so what I started looking at is, you know, much like this webinar that's going on right here, this is a go-to platform. It's mm -hmm. a very user-friendly. Zoom is another one. I start looking at what other people around me are doing. And I just asked the questions. I just released my online learning platform and I didn't know diddly squat about any of that stuff. And I just started saying, who would know about this? And I'm gonna go ask some questions. 
And interestingly enough, one of the young ladies I asked, she said, oh my God, I just released mine on that same platform. I'll help you do it. Right. And I was like, holy crap, what a gift. And yeah. so people are out there right now and they're so willing to teach and they're so willing to, to learn and there's anything online. Um, I tell you, the other one that I do right now is, a, and I paid for a, a, a subscription, I guess you want to call it to this, it's called Skillshare. And it's Skillshare.com. And anytime I want to learn how to, the other day I'm, I'm taking up felting. And so I was out finding all the felting tutorials. And then one day I wanted to take up how to blog better. And so I, there's a whole blogging thing out there. Anything you want is out there. The yeah. next thing I want to tell you is this, and, and this is really stuck in my head, and I'm going to refer to this webinar that I was sitting on with uh, Simon Sinek um, a couple months ago. He said, listen, again, the things that we're tolerating in May of 2020, April of 2020, is stuff that we would not have tolerated in February. He said in February, we would have squinted at somebody doing a, a video, a home video off of this thing. He said, right. today, it's perfectly fine. So it, there may be a little bit of a, and I do this too, Cynthia, I've got a little bit of paralysis of analysis that sometimes I just keep analyzing and saying, what should I do? I'm going to go with what Nikki said, pull the trigger and just do it because I can guarantee you, yeah. you're not, not, yeah. it's not going to fail. It maybe just might not be the quality you want right now, but you're not going to fail. Not at all. Right. Absolutely. And, and like, like anything, I mean, you can't let perfection stand in the way of getting shit done. Excuse the French. Um, you've got yeah. to, You've got to recognize that however much you learn academically, there is still a physical skill learning cycle that you go through as you experience and reflect back on that experience. And the more you do it, you more, more you experience, the more you reflect, the more you tweak. So even, yeah. you know, for me, I mean, yesterday I learned a brand new piece of software for doing PPG Facebook Lives that I got really excited about. And I know the first one's going to be a little bit um-um. And as I experience it and I tweak it and I become more accustomed to it, it's going to get better. So you've got, there's a starting point and, um, and your customers are going to understand. So Cynthia, I hope that we answered that appropriately or in the context of the question. If we didn't, just throw some more information in there and we can come at it from a different angle if that wasn't um, exactly how, how you wanted it to be. So I can't believe there's no questions. I, I can't believe I want to toss my name out there too and it's sitting right on the screen here if you guys want i'm happy to help out too as a you know to to guide you on you know the platforms that are working for me and why i chose them and by the way just so all of you know on this on this webinar i i can get things done uh for a dime so if it's going to be inexpensive yet yet accomplish what i need to have accomplished i'm all in I'm all right. in because I still operate with my own uh, my own pocket and what's in my own checkbook, and yeah. um, so I got to be very frugal and I got to be very fiscally responsible to me and to my and to my family and to my business. Absolutely, absolutely. Laura says that she's taking a great class on getting your dog fit ready, and we have a Facebook group. We post photos and discuss exercises. It's amazing. It would be great for dog training too. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I I've said is that. You can do great Facebook live sessions in closed groups. You can, um, you, you know, you can have great discussions. You can post videos or analysis. So yeah, and I, I would urge all of you, if you have, you know, customers that are sort of actively engaged in training groups, to to to, to bring them into those types of groups because that's where you can do what Colleen mentioned earlier about those sort of informational, educational, keep your customer close type sessions. 
um, and, and you know, gives you an opportunity to use a software that I'm assuming you're somewhat familiar with already being on Facebook. So, but you know, just experiment. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's funny you, we were talking earlier. I mean, I, I am busier now than I've been for months, honestly. I mean, there's just yeah. emergency jumps in and you're sort of all over the map. But a lot of people that have sort of seen a massive slowdown in their clients, this is the time where you, you might have a little bit of time. And, and I'm going to talk to that from a marketing perspective. Because when when you when you you know in most of our businesses we either have time for marketing or money we don't very often have both so when you don't have great amounts of money coming in you can look at really creative ways to market your business and as your customers grow and more money comes in that's when you have less time to market and you can start to look at outsourcing some of it but one thing that many yeah. of us do have right now is a little bit of time to go through those learning curves and sort of experiment and put your toes in the water and see. And um, you know, if you're if you're if you're new to a, a platform or a software, there's so many PPG members. If you want to have three or four people jump on with you, so you can practice with some software that you've mm -hmm. got set up, go to the PPG member group. Just put your request in there, and I can guarantee people are going to be happy to help you. Hey, Nikki, tell me what that last comment was that that young lady made about what's on that Facebook group, because I, I want to tell you where my marketing brain went. Tell me again um, what, what she said. Okay, so Laura says, I've had a Facebook group and we post photos and dis discuss exercises. Oh, let me just scroll up because I'm only seeing half of it. Sorry, Laura. Okay, Laura says, now I'm taking a great class. So she's taking a class on getting your dog fit ready. And we have a Facebook group. We post photos and discuss exercises. It's amazing. It would be great for dog training too. So somebody's running a course through a Facebook group and has students in there. So I gotta tell you where my brain automatically went with that. When when you get done with that class, Laura, here's what I here's what I would do if I was in your shoes. I would go find a human nutritionist in my market and I would say, hey, will you team up with me that now we're not only getting the pet fit and ready for whatever we're getting them fit and ready for, but here's how you guys can do it together. And you've got the human nutritionist that can help you with extra or you know, an exercise person, and then you've got you that can team up and say, let's do this together. So connect that human animal bond between both of those right. things. We used to say, and I'll tell you where I'm coming from on this suggestion, in Indianapolis, before race month starts, which is the Indianapolis 500, which happens at the end of May, generally not this year, but the weekend prior to race month opening, the local Humane Society will open it up and they will do, or, or they will have an event at the, at the Indianapolis 500 track, and they will have a, a, uh, an event called Mutt Strut. And so everybody gets to get their dogs out and walk on the track. It's a two and a half mile walk. Well, one of the local uh, vet tech colleges, when I was a, an advisor there, did a uh, getting your pet ready for the two and a half mile walk. But what I said to him, I said, we're gonna need to get some people ready too, because generally if our pets aren't ready, the people aren't ready. Right. And so, and that's, happened they had some pets that were you know that had issues um on the track because they they walked out and the pets were out of shape and it was warm and the humans were out of shape and you know it was just it was a bad it was a bad deal and i think right now everybody's looking at you know what can i do at home because we're all talking about you know much like the freshman 15 we got the covid 19 happening with the weight gain and so it's like okay well how do you connect both of those so that we can both be fit and ready. Laura, man, I jump all over the room with two feet. 
Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. All really good points. And we've got I've got some more specific questions coming in now, actually. So Cynthia said that our answers were satisfactory, which is great. So I've got two Beautiful. sort of I've got two specific dog training questions here. So I'm going to answer them the best I can. Let me just um, stretch the screen out so I can read it. So one says, this is from Tina. What sort of dog training service would you say are not appropriate for virtual training? I do a variety of classes and services, including a reactive dog protocol, where we slowly add in another dog. So the answer could be general or specific. That's a really valuable question, Tina, because I've seen people um, speak to that no dog training is suitable, and I've seen others speak to that only the most severe cases where you really need to sort of observe or be able to measure specific behavior traits. So let me talk to the dog protocol. Um, without giving away too many too much too many secrets all right right now at ppg we are developing a reactive dog program which is going initially was going to be level six of our pet dog ambassador program and then we decided that due to the content it would be a separate program so let me give you some backstory so you sort of understand where i'm going and um, pet dog ambassador is a wonderful um program for dogs that's on five levels that gets them pet dog ambassador medals and it's called pet dog ambassador because it focuses on real life skills so unlike other programs that are out there that's about formal education and formal skill behavior pda is about real life skills like dog wait a dog waiting to jump out of a car a dog walking nicely a dog waiting for its food bowl those types of behaviors and we, re we realized that there were some dogs, reactive dogs, that are good dogs all the time, except for maybe one stimulus that creates reactivity, which shouldn't exclude them from being good, dog, good pet dog ambassadors, because other than that, they're just bloody marvelous dogs. So we were, so we're developing a reactive dog protocol. And the, the curriculum is on um, three levels. And level one is about teaching, and this is where it's gonna link back to your virtual. It's about teaching pet owners all the skills they need, the right mechanical skills, the right management skills, the right emergency protocol skills, so that they can prevent getting into trouble with their dog, and if they do, what, how they handle it. And that's a, like a four-lesson a four, um, curriculum. And then the next curriculum is what we're calling theatre is practice it's like being on a stage practicing so it's having the pet dog owner with the dog practicing all the emergency u-turns the sits the get it the play the loose leash walking and then level three is taking it on the road for real where at that point the dog would then go out into the real life environment to begin counter conditioning the stimulus so i would think with a reactive dog program you could certainly do however you package it the human skill preparation side and then the let's practice with the dog in terms of the mechanics and the cue and the generalization of all the relevant behaviors in preparation for taking it on the road and then what you might be able to do and again it depends on the dog and it depends on the specificity of your reactive dog program is can you work remotely with clients and um, working with their dogs in an outdoor protocol so maybe the reactivity you know you, you start working you know 100 feet from a dog park so that you can start to do desensitization and counter conditioning without eliciting the reaction so i don't think there is a yes or no answer i think it's based on how you structure your lessons how the types of reactivity you're dealing with let's not forget 
we're, I'm assuming we're talking about reactive dogs that have reactivity but have great acquired bite inhibition. Therefore, if things go wrong and there was an accident, somebody wouldn't be damaged or a dog wouldn't be damaged. So I'm not sure how you sort of screen for all of that. So I think there are numerous maybes taking into consideration safety of all um, involved. And I do believe that there are components of that that you absolutely can do virtually. I don't know if that helps or not. I hope it does. Uh, if there's more specifics in the question, then please um, post again and I'll answer that. Oh, and then the next question, which is specifically about dog training, is from Carolyn that said, I have, and this is the one Colleen can jump in on, I, I have fairly strong opinions about this, I'm sure Colleen does too, we may not agree, sometimes it's not always good to agree. Um, <laughs> I have clients who signed, signed up before the lockdown. If I now teach that online, how should I count a session? Is the Zoom session counted as one of the face-to-face -face private? That's a really good question. And I'm gonna say to you, first of all, I would ask you how you structure your pricing. Was it a package mm -hmm. they bought or was it an individual lesson? And do you structure your pricing based on time? Because if you base it on time, then the Zoom lesson is exactly the same. If you charge $60 for a private lesson, then whether you do that in person or on Zoom, that price should hold. Now, the caveat to that is, and Kate Lasala and I had a great conversation about this when we did her webinar, is I do actually recommend um, a slight discount for virtual. And here's why, not because I believe the value of the instruction has been reduced, but because when I give advice about pricing sessions, I don't just do cost pricing or competitive, I do a combination of both. So my pricing is based on competition and, and, and what the marketplace can absorb, the ethics mm -hmm. behind the pricing and also my expenses. So if I take those components and remove an expense from that, being me getting in my car, driving to someone's house, then I can still mm -hmm. ethically charge less in a way that is very transparent and makes sense. So therefore, I could charge less for that Zoom session, not because I'm undervaluing the session or the way it's being delivered, but because the structure of the pricing has changed because of the expenses. Yeah. Yeah. No, Nick, I think I totally, I totally agree with you on that. And I, you know, it may be one of those types of processes with looking at the Zoom training versus in-person training as a way for retention. And okay. so if it's saying, listen, I'm going to give you three Zoom sessions. I know here in Texas, we're about ready to, uh, tomorrow they're releasing the, the stay at home. And so we're, you know things are opening up here so if you say hey listen we're you know in our state where we're at we're anticipating we're going to be open here in the next two weeks but let's not lose momentum and so let's do two zoom sessions in between and then um you know we'll catch up when when we right. can get back to being you know, right. together again so i i would i like how nikki said on the pricing because you got to look at your cost of goods sold which change you're not traveling you're not doing any of that and then you've also got to look at client retention because the last thing you want them to do is to say, well, you know, we got interrupted because of all this stay at home stuff and social distancing. And so it wasn't worth it. You don't want that to happen. You want them still to have a beautiful experience. Right. It's just going to be an experience right now, but it's going to be the same beautiful experience. And I would be for me, and I don't know your business that well, but this one would make sense to me that I would be really, really uh, probably loading them up with more homework than what I would generally do. So just right. so that they've got 
So yeah. they're really feeling the whole thing. So it's okay. By the time the next time we come on, I want you to demonstrate this, 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 and this. Whereas the last time you might have only said just demonstrate this, this to me. Right. So you know, figure out how you can maybe yeah. add more value given the fact that you can't be. And it may also say, hey, let's let's take a look at uh, you know, I don't feel know how you feel about nutrition, whatever it may be. What other uh, other area of dog's life? That you can take a look at that can add some some um, nuggets to the quality of life. Right. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. And and she, Karen just came back and said it's a package. So so you know taking that into consideration that it's not individual um, lessons that were sold. I would say if you sold a package of six lessons and you've done and your packages are now along and you are um, now doing it through Zoom, then I would still say that if you've got two left to do, you do them through Zoom and you do them as an hour. But I might also give somebody a, a free lesson at the end of it when, when it opens up to compensate for the fact that you have had reduced expenses because you haven't had to travel and also because you want your yeah. clients to feel really good about what you're doing. Because let's be honest, for clients that you have converted to virtual, you didn't market the benefits of virtual. They didn't choose to buy the benefits of virtual. We're sort of doing it because we're pivoting to sort of get the service done. So I would I would look at it and say, well, you know, the client may not have chosen to do this virtually. It might not be something they wanted to do. We're going to do it anyway because we need to train the dog. But when I come out of this as a good customer service or to help with the experience, I'm just going to throw an extra lesson in. But I would look at something yeah. like that. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah. And look at your retention. The other thing you may want to look at is what are your other competitors in your market doing? Because if you can pull an only out of there to say, hey, listen, everybody else sold packages too, but they uh, they forced this or they didn't add this or they didn't do that, whatever it may be, see what your competitive landscape looks like. And how can you look different? And how can you still have a beautiful experience for the dollar that they just gave you for this this training? Right. Um, Fran just said that she looked at the book you mentioned on Amazon and didn't see the last, the one with the tickets on the cover. So what was the name of the book? I, you know, I actually bought that book after the last time I saw you. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. if box of books to read. Um, what was the name of the book again? It is called The Experience Economy, and yeah. there's two of them. One has a red cover. And the other one has the movie tickets. I'm looking on my bookshelf right now too. To see. Oh, I got it. Hang on one second. Hang on. Colleen's going to grab it. There you go. Okay, that's what it looks like. There you go. Thank you. And it's by Pine, Pine and Gilmore. Good. Just Pine and James Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Beautiful book. Beautiful book. And there's your authors. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, it's 1.26 and we said we'd go to 1.30. So if anyone has a last, I've done a really good job of managing these questions, pat myself on the back. Usually, I'm usually really bad. I go for hours afterwards. Um, so <laughs> if anyone's got a last question, we can take a last question. So I'm just going to give you guys a minute to type in there. Otherwise, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, Sharon, if you wouldn't mind, can you just go back to that first screen for me? For Colleen Rocks. There you go. Here's Colleen on her yeah. new website, Colleen Rocks. It's Colleen.rocks. So if anybody wants to um, learn more about Colleen or speak to Colleen, this is how you can get hold of her. 
at colleen.rocks or colleen at colleen.rocks her phone number 317-966-0096 and then sharon if you wouldn't mind just going back to the other screen please i do just want to talk about and that's the another the other screen is the other the other uh contact um yeah. information yeah. so this one is more focused on my pet loss this one is the clean yeah. rocks is really entrepreneurial business things like that but i but i mix them in between yeah so so clean's got two businesses one is sort of the business consulting support coaching which is colleen rocks and then her fabulous business two hearts pet loss center and again um i am i'm committed to bringing colleen back here next year or whenever we can safely to do that two-day workshop again because we had such a fabulous experience but for those of you that live so far away that it just wouldn't be feasible please do visit her website there's some great resources on there and her pet loss companioning courses on there online so if you've got time go and explore and have a look at that and i'm going to say thank you my friends so so much as always i just love sharing time with you i love being in your space and um, i always learn thank from you, you. And, um, and i'm always oh, <laughs> and I'm always so excited to expose other people to you and what you do. So, um, so thank you very much for joining us, everybody, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Do you say no to shock, prong, choke, pain, force, and fear? Then join a membership organization that represents you a pet industry professional who is committed to results-based, science-based, ethical training and pet care. The Pet Professional Guild, we're here to help and support. Visit us at www.petprofessionalguild.com. And Pet Guardians, do you need help with your pet? PPG has professionals across the world on standby to help you and your four-legged family members. So visit the website you're in the right place to find help. Thank you for listening. That's us for the day. To learn more about the Pet Professional Guild, visit www.petprofessionalguild.com. And remember, have fun training.